So, uh, about a year ago or so, we experienced the seeds of death. Mm-hmm. And now we're experiencing the seeds of doom. Death, doom, there's quite a difference between the two. Destruction. Uh, so, if you remember right, the seeds of death basically were uh, dishwashing soap uh-huh. that would expand from a seed to suffocate the earth. Yeah. But uh, seeds of doom are slightly different. What happens in the seeds of doom, dear? Uh, well, it's global warming. That's it. Isn't everything nowadays? Yeah. Anyway. There's some men digging in the snow. One is named Charles, and they just found something that's not ice. It's a seed. Science man inspects it, and he's like, this looks really tough on the outside. And it's like 20,000 years old. Science man is enamored by the seed, feels something from it. It's alive, maybe. London is also going to get photos of it, which are going to be sent to the doctor directly. Doctor goes, maybe it's an outer space seed, also a time bomb. Don't touch it. I'll be there. Uh, Then he goes there. Uh, Back in Antarctica, the seed seems to be growing. Also, it looks like those ships from the other episode that look like poop. Or the poop that falls out of a fucking airplane. Science man doesn't want the doctor here. It's his discovery. Uh, And a man in a suit at a nearby place is talking about making miniature plants. Because he wants to protect all plants on Earth. So he then gets told about the seed. Because, of course, he'd want to protect it. Also, we might be able to steal it for a price if asked. So, you know, just saying. Door is a knock. And that price is become. Yes. And another man is here in all black. He looks like Alan Rickman, kind of. Uh, but if he was a lot younger and still cast in Die Hard. So kind he's. Of, yeah, yeah. He, he. And a little bit heavier. A little bit. And yeah. And, and like crossed a little. Like if he was like. Heavily depressed. Yeah, if you did coke. No, not coke. Maybe like heroin. Heroin? Yeah. Like a six-month bender of heroin, and then like this is two years after where he's kind of recovered, but there's still yeah. like a few scars. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, um, he's going on an errand to go deal with stuff. Up in the Arctic, someone's fallen asleep near the pod. It cracks open, and a vine attacks the dude. So there's that. When others find him... He's covered in moss and probably dead. He's not actually dead. He's just ill. By the way, the doctor and Sarah are now here. Everyone heads inside. They're like, oh my god, it's cold. Doctor really wants to see Moss Man. He's gotten worse. His temperature is so low he should be dead. But now he is covered in plant and looks like a cabbage. The weather is so bad. The temperature is so low? So low. Han Solo? The weather is now so bad that the medical team is they sent got turned back, but now we learned that the dude isn't dying. He's changing form into something else. Now we go look at the pod, wide it open. Well, probably because I heated it up, which might this might kill the planet. That sucks. Doctor heads out to dig in the ice, and they find another pod. This one's closed because apparently they travel in pairs. The blood sample from Plant Man shows that he's almost 100% cabbage, and his blood is <sighs> full of schizophytes, <laughs> uh, which are basically plant bacteria. He's turning into a vegetable, cabbage. Apparently, he's going to turn into a crinoid. It's a space weed. 
Doctor heads off to look at the patient again while the thieves have arrived and start warming up. And the body's like 90% cabbage now. He's like, well, what if we amputate the arm? Maybe we can save him. But then Butter Lettuce stands up and is walking around and starts strangling other people. And that's where we leave off. I love that you call him Butter Lettuce. Mm-hmm. He looks like either cabbage Just... or butter lettuce. I mean, yeah, I guess. I just wasn't expecting, like, direct... Like, I thought you'd call him, like, the plant dude. Like, I didn't think you'd go for a direct... Well, I mean, no, it is the first episode. Plant. We'll get lazy. <laughs> we? Yeah, I'll get lazy. <laughs> You're already lazy. Well, I'm always lazy. Hmm. Uh, that's, that's, that's just the truth, dear. Um... So, originally, this wasn't meant to be the season finale. Uh, by the way, welcome to the season finale of season 13. Um, this wasn't meant to be the season finale. Uh, initially, the next episode was, I believe, or the episode after. I, hang on, I can double check. I, I, had, I remembered it, but then I was like, wait, I need to double check it. No. Originally, not next episode, but the episode after was meant to be the finale. But the scripts weren't ready in time, so this one was commissioned as a replacement for it. Um, uh, this was, uh, director Douglas Camfield's, uh, last involvement in the show. Uh, he <laughs> did not have much fun doing it. A uh, bit of contention between him and Tom Baker. Uh, but, uh, this is his absolute final one. Uh, a rumored, apparently the working title for the story was actually The Seeds of Death. Uh, but then they changed it to avoid confusion with the other episode called The Seeds of Death, which is like, come on, it had barely been 10 years. Um, yeah, another working title was also The Crinoid Invasion, but mm, that's not confirmed that that's actually one. Uh, part one and part two is very heavily influenced by Howard Hawke's 1951 film The Thing from Another World. Also more more better known as uh the 1980s uh 1982 classic film uh the thing um an artifact is frozen in in antarctic ice revealed to be deadly plant-like alien uh that film itself was based on a short story called who goes there uh but it's like this one th this episode very clearly draws from that um the 1982 John Carpenter movie is a little bit more, um, changes the story slightly and, uh, makes the alien a little bit less plant-like, but, I mean, it's still plant and kind of amps up the horror a little bit more, um, in certain ways. Makes it more about the horror between not knowing who is who more so than just, there's an alien running around that's from the stars. Ooh. 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 Uh, there's also a strong similarity between this story and a Avengers television story from the 60s, uh, which wouldn't be surprising considering uh, uh, th there's there's been a few times where writers have uh, had ideas for other BBC shows and other British shows like the Avengers and basically not had any where to use them, so they've just gone, oh, 
we can just reuse it for Doctor Who, uh, which sometimes does not work, which is most of the time. Uh, <laughs> but it, it, yeah. Uh, there's also some other people saying uh, the, the writer said that he got accused of stealing the notion of a hostile and mobile alien plant from the day of the Triffids, uh, but he jokingly says that the stories merely draw from common roots, which, ha, 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 ha very funny. <laughs> Smashing. Mm-hmm. Oh, fucking hell. Anyway, what happens in the next part, dear? Does Kurt Russell kill everyone? <sighs> Kurt Russell, sure. Uh, the Alan Rickman? Yeah, uh, the thieves decide to yeah, steal thing. everyone else's guns so they don't get shot. Uh, instead, the old leather guy is like, let's just kill everyone and take the pod instead. And Sarah has now found the dead body that was strangled earlier, goes to tell the doctor, who is like, mm. the alien plant apparently killed him, not the person, uh, because the plant is basically all that exists. So we got to kill it. Rich plant man, meanwhile, tells someone else about stealing the pod, and the other man's very angry about it. Then we see plant man followed by the doctor and Sarah outside in the snow and science, and they find a power shed out there, and the thieves are destroying science. everything. Well, his name is Science. It's fine. The thieves are destroying everything back at base, looking for the pod. Call comes in over the radio. They think Alan Rickman is another person, and he's like, hey, what's up? And they're like, the Marines are coming, and he's like, uh, nobody here, and tries to hang up, but he just rips the radio out of the wall. And then they find the seed opened, and they're like, well, fuck, this is useless. We want the actual plant. Doctor is seriously pissed at any time someone says Cabbage is still a person. They leave. Cabbage watches. Thieves find a dead body. Cabbage walks up to the power supply building. The doctor and Sarah head back to base and are now at gunpoint and asked about the dead body and the pod. The thieves are annoyed that the plant isn't there, asked to be explained everything, but they don't believe it. Of course. And then Science Man comes in and uses a gun that doesn't work. Whoops! Everybody gets captured because, you know, they, they sabotage the guns. So where's the pod guys? Actually, there's one uh, in the freezer. So let's go get it out and put it in a cooler and then transport it to London. The smarter thief is being talked to by the crew and convinced, like, this is bad, but it's time to tie everybody up and run. Sarah has taken capture into the power supply shed where they build a bomb, attach it to a thing, and leave. The doctor is, by the way, escaping. Meanwhile, a smart thief tries to betray Alan Rickman, and then he's just like, what the fuck are you doing? And they leave together. Plant Man has come back to base and attacks Science Man, however, while he's on the radio. The doctor watches a plane with a pod take off without him, and he's sad about it. The doctor and Sarah get out of the bomb building, lock the plant man up inside, blows up, everything's good. While the doctor watches, sorry, that was two lines back, uh, the the marines <laughs> then find Sarah's body, and she's okay, and they're like, stop, please, I actually think that's another episode. <laughs> that another episode? <laughs> Where the Marines find them? I think it is. It's like right on a page break of my notes, so I can't tell. You can't tell. No. Well, I'm going to tell you right uh, now, the explosion was the end of the episode. 
Okay. Why'd you let me keep going? I was just going to let you. I was just going to let you keep going. Damn it, no. I just know you love talking about the episode so much. I was just like, "Mm, I'll just just let you keep going. No, it's good. (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. I'm just I'm just sitting here. Uh but Seeds of Doom. It's an episode, yep. apparently. Uh, uh they were initially going to try and bring back the Brigadier and Benton for this episode. Uh but they felt there was too little material to really warrant putting them in. Uh and although Nicholas Courtney, who plays the Brigadier, was offered a chance to reprise his role, he was already committed to a theatre tour and was unavailable. Uh, when Courtney watched the Seeds of Doom and saw that it was a unit story without any of the regulars, his reaction was just, oh well. Mm. Um, which is so British. Just, oh well. Um, uh, originally oh, before, uh, just a few weeks before the serial was due to start its original transmission, uh, the Master 625 line, 625 uh, line uh, PAL color videotape for part one went missing. A brief panic ensued. The producer began planning a re-edit of part two that would allow the story to begin at this point. Uh, Fortunately, the videotape of part one was eventually located, having just been misplaced in the storage tape system. Uh, Apparently, they had just wrongly numbered it. So it was just sitting in there the entire time. Uh, Which, well then. (laughs) Nearly fucking lost it. Uh, also, the crinoid costume that they have uh, was, I always, I, it always looked weirdly familiar to me, and I'm, it now makes a lot of sense. Uh, what they did was, they took one of the surviving Axon costumes from the Chlorids of Axos, if you remember that one, the one with the gold people and the vampire ship. Yeah. One that looks like a kind chicken of. butthole. Remember how the, the golden people had a real form? Where they kind of looked like gelatinous, like, vine people. I don't remember that, but it's fine. Okay, well, they took the costume of that and they spray-painted it green uh, Mm. to make it more plant-like, you know? Which, cool. (laughs) Um, But what happens in the next part, dear? Did they survive the explosion? I don't know, man. It's hard to tell. Oh. Okay. I'm, I'm just saying, like their their bodies were strewn across the snow, and 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 it was there was a lot of blood, and we still haven't checked, so we don't know. Would you like to go check, Gam? Um, no, you can check. I'll just sort of wait here. Okay, hold on. They're okay. Okay. All right. So. Uh, the Marines. Uh, the Marines have found Sarah's body and she's okay, but she's running around and they're like, "Oh my God, stop! You're hurt." But then they see the doctor over hill and he's fine, so they're good. Everybody's good. Yeah, the pod made its way back to England. By the way, everyone is on edge to look at it. Rich man is upset that he could have had two pods, and another guy walks in and is very angry at rich guy for blowing up and killing everybody. But they want to find out. But then they find out. The doctor and Sarah are still alive, so they have loose ends now. That's bad. 
no one wants to believe them, of course, and they're really trying to get across all the plant shit, and he's like, you're crazy. Doctor forcibly asked to get sent to the Botanical Institute because he knew the pod's info was leaked, probably there. I don't remember how, but just he does. Doctor's driver, of course, is in on it, tries to stop him, but they shove him over and run quickly. <laughs> Sarah, by the way, has found a painting in the car, and it's a flower, and they're like, huh. And then they show the lady who painted it, and she's like, huh, I painted this, and he never paid me. What the fuck? <laughs> so, meanwhile, rich dude is asking he smart people. <laughs> he did. He, he tried to pay an exposure box, and it just did not work. Uh, meanwhile, mm -hmm. rich dude is asking smart thief guy and goes, please stop experimenting. Weird stuff is happening. And he's like, no. And then rich guy learns his driver's <laughs> in the hospital and Sarah and the doctor drive to his house. They ditch the car, head towards the main building, get shot at in the process. Alan Rickman is here and stops them, capturing them both. <laughs> but now they're where they want to be, where they want to be. So it's fine. But now they're going to be executed, which is not fine. Uh, that they're going to help make plants scam because, you know, it's fine. Cut to the pod, which is growing and opening now, making science man scared. Evil guy is playing some drum and bass electro metal for the plants. And it's now time to die while you listen to me make some music uh, because I'm weird like that. And then the butler comes in and goes... Please, sir, come with me. The pod's doing shit. And he's like, God damn it, fine. They lead him away. Alan Rickman, Sarah, the doctor attack him. Uh, Sarah and the doctor attack Alan Rickman and fucking book it. And they're being chased while Rich Guy is watching the fucking seed grow. The doctor and Sarah split up on the grounds and kind of fuck about. But Sarah gets caught and the doctor's now inside the building and on the roof somehow? But they bring Sarah in and throw her next to the pod. And they're like, we're going to use her with the pod. And the doctor's like, gasp. And the, the, yeah, there you go. Gasp. Gasp. Oh, gosh. <laughs> so. Seeds of doom, huh? Yeah. Tom Baker uh, was spit spectacularly not too impressed with the script, uh, suggesting that it should have been composted along with the villain. Yes, there are a lot of puns to do with plants and in this. Um, uh, however, he and Douglas Canfield agreed to play it as if the Doctor was scared and desperate uh, to try and avoid the potentially comical crinoid losing its friction of scaredness, uh, scariness. Um, which is how it comes across a lot. Like, a lot of the time, like, characters are like, oh, what should we do? Like, should we do this or this? And the Doctor's just like, guys, fucking listen. We need to do this, because otherwise we're going to die. Like, this is serious. Like, stop fucking around. Um, please. <laughs> um, but other than that, uh, and a lot of... A lot of this story, like, there's a weird popular myth that, like, initially it was meant to be a four-parter, and then they they added on the two extra episodes of them in Antarctica at the beginning, uh, just to pad it to make it a six-part, and it's like, no, it was always written with, with that Antarctica part in mind, and it's also kind of confused because, uh, uh, the another episode was six parts, but then it was cut down to four parts, so it's like, 
what's going on here. Uh, basically, behind the scenes, things were falling through and scripts were needing desperate rewrites. Um, so they had to shuffle everything back and forth. Uh, which is a nightmare. You never want to do that. You want to always have them have them uh, all ready to go by the time you, you're going. Uh, so, other than that, uh, there was an outbreak of flu during rehearsals uh, while they were filming it. Uh, Michael McStay, who played Mobley in episode one, had a car accident. Uh, Camfield visited him in hospital and agreed that McStay was well enough to film the Antarctic material with a false beard to cover his scars. Uh, Dunbar, the character who played, uh, the guy who played Dunbar, uh, then gave everyone his daughter's chicken pox. Uh, just when it all seemed to be over, someone at the BBC lost the tape of episode one for our broadcast, so like, like I said earlier, and so it's like, this episode was just like, so many things going wrong. Um, uh, other things as well include uh, the building of the World Ecology Bureau HQ that they film is unmistakably just the BBC Television Centre, uh, which is fucking funny to me. Um, and another thing is also a potential movie deal they had. Uh, Tom Baker had put the forward the idea of a Doctor Who movie, and he and Ian Marta, who played uh, Harry, had worked out a script, provisionally entitled Doctor Who Meets Scratch Man, in which the Doctor and Sarah confronted a light-hearted devil figure, uh, usually claimed that Vincent Price was actually interested in the role. Uh, the project was abandoned with some complications, overfunding, uh, or rather refunding, as many misguided people had sent money to Baker after his ill-judged suggestion that the fans could all chip in to help pay for it. Uh, which, you know, was a terrible idea because it was way more expensive than they thought it would cost. Um, so they were like, oh, we, we might stay, like, you guys might, can stay on for a little bit longer because we might have something here. Uh, coincidentally, Doctor Who meets Scratchman never got made into a movie, but uh, Tom Baker eventually got it made into an actual book with another writer who I unfortunately have forgotten the name of, um, who helped him finish it into a book. And I haven't read it, but I've read the plot synopsis of it, and it's a pretty interesting read. Uh, it involves, like, the fourth Doctor essentially uh, meeting, like, Scarecrow versions of, like, previous Doctors and, like, other characters, uh -huh. and, like, basically the devil's fucking with him, and it's, like, pretty interesting shit. Um, but yeah, what happens in the next part, dear? The Doctor steals the gun. Mostly. As you do. Hmm. Uh, but the seed has opened up and took it over Science Man instead, so he's basically dead. Alan Rickman runs off to find the Doctor and Sarah. Science Thief is scared, and Rinchman is like, ooh, this is fun and interesting. And then the Doctor rushes back inside, because everyone has already left at this point. Except Alan Rickman, who has come in from behind with a gun, also learning about Science Guy. So they throw the Doctor in a room with a lot of trash cans and beat him up a whole lot. But then they just kind of decided to Mood. throw the doctor into some machinery because, yeah, science is going to be tied up in a bed, hot, and then they slowly watch him turn into fucking butter lettuce. There's no hospital oh, for you, buddy. Uh, only more vegetables. Back at lab, the lab, rich man gets a phone call and painter lady is here to collect her fucking dues. You twat. 
Sarah sneaks away and has found the room with a plate in it. Pay me, bitch! <laughs> you owe me money for this plate I painted! Yeah! That was a terrible old lady. Why did I even try to do that? It's okay. <laughs> he thinks Sarah just wants him to die, by the way, and she runs off. And then he's brought food. Old lady is back and ready to kick some ass, but she just kind of mentioned she wants to paint more flowers, but also seriously fucking pay me. Then Alan Rickman comes in and asks if they should start the recycling. Instead, uh, they pay the lady and it's time to do something secret. Don't mind us. Sarah continues to sneak about, also noting that that dude is being a super fucking huge plant right now. Rich walks in on the doctor and they talk about the grinder for a bit because, you know, he grinds up bodies to make his bread, I guess. Um, it, it, he feeds them to plants, basically. Well, it, even though that's not how that Mulch works at all. Them. That's not how mulch works. Anyway, Sarah hides around a quarter while the old lady is like, ooh, this house is nice. And Alan Rickman runs off for a second and Sarah's like, hey, psst, I have a, I have a message for you. And the doctor is now placed in the recycler and it is set off to go in a bit for some reason and not now. Old lady is back in her car and relays to the two men in her car that they need help and rich man is evil. The butler goes to feed the plant, but is now a full plant and escaping. The doctor is trying to not die while Sarah comes in and saves the day. Rich man is being confronted about the fucking seed and butler comes in and goes, help! And then plant guy is now running around the grounds and attacking people. The doctor and Sarah run through with a gun and save the day. Maybe. Who knows? That's where I thought the episode ended. Anyway, continue talking. Yeah, you thought the episode ended and Don't... then we had a, a good moment of you being like, man, that's a weird way for a, for a four episode, like, for it to end on, on the fourth episode. And I'm like, yeah, it's almost like it's not four episodes. And you're like, ha ha ha. I'm like, wait, you're not joking, are you? You seriously thought this was four episodes? <laughs> yes. Even though Dear could see the DVD menu and see that I wasn't paying there were six attention. Episodes. You think I give a crap? Uh, so Robert Banks Stewart, the writer, uh, was influenced in writing this ecological tale of rampant flora uh, by the fact that his home was like next to Kew Gardens, as well as his uh, connection to a a botanist that was a friend of his. Um, it, the 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 episode has a minor i would say it's kind of minor environmental theme uh it's not as like major if this was made during the third doctor's era it would have been a lot more prominent the whole environment angle of it uh but it's not it's made during philip hinchcliffe's era which lessens the messaging uh, in the story where there's an audio adventure where the crinoids come back, essentially, uh, and that one has much more of a, a climate change ecological uh, angle to it, where essentially the villain, the villain essentially uh, takes the crinoids and is like, uh, we need to find a way to harness them to reverse global warming sort of thing, or, like, either that or adapt humanity to be able to live in better conditions and live more closer to nature, that sort of thing. Kind of eco-fascism in a way. 
um, which, you know, is kind of what they were wanting to do with this episode in this one, but also not really because they didn't want to go all the way because they kind of chicken out with messaging in Philip Hinchcliffe's stories a lot of the time, uh, unless, you know, it's just massive part of it and they really go off on it. Mm. Um, uh, so, also, Mobley is initially confused uh, by the Doctor's appearance, saying that he expected someone older. This is actually kind of a reference to how Robert Holmes's original concept for the Fourth Doctor had been an elderly eccentric man, uh, but they ended up with casting an actor who was way younger than any of the previous Doctors they had had before, which at the time was a pretty controversial decision in the fandom, from what I can tell, of like you know people saying, "Well, he's meant to be an old man, not a not a young man," mm-hmm. uh, which. I can imagine they probably would have gotten even more annoyed at with the next Doctor, who was even younger, uh, and was the youngest actor, I believe, to play the Doctor until Matt Smith came along. Um, which says something. Uh, but I, I, I find it interesting, always. Uh, what, what was and wasn't uh, controversial back in the day amongst fans and shit. Um, but... Uh, yes, what happens in the next character? Character. Sorry, I read the word character while I was looking at something, and I meant to say part, but I read character. What happens in the next part? Ignore the character. Um, well, mm-hmm. don't ignore the character, but ignore... me. I just found that there was a random line at at the end of oh shit okay uh, my prediction was wrong do you remember that i made a prediction in the in the show no uh so i made a prediction that they were going to use the recycler against the the thing at the end the spoiler thing at the end oh and i wrote it down and then i was like hey if this happens i'll tell you if it doesn't i'll tell you so i was wrong anyway yeah, um, I I just found that line at the end of my notes, and I was like, "What is this?" And then I clicked. Anyway, so the the gun, the gun, you know, the doctor with the gun, the gun, it does nothing. So instead, run away, oh. hide in a house. Doctor calls out to rich guy trying to explain, and he doesn't listen. Plant breaks into the room. However, they fight it off with a sword. Plant can now talk. And singles out the doctor. Alan Rickman wants to just go for it. And the plan uh, and the plan that they go basically just goes like, shut up. Give me the doctor at dawn. And the doctor's like, just let's just do that. Let's just do that. And he's like, what the fuck? Doctor asks Rickman to make a, a Molotov as a distraction. Old lady is back. Talks about running from me with guns and shit, and then she's sent off to go to sleep and be an old lady. Rich dude just wants to go take photos of it, by the way. The plant guy. He isn't scared. Doctor is going to make a run for it while they throw the firebomb out the second window. So they do that, and it goes after him. Then they make a run for it, and the doctor takes the car. Everyone heads back to the castle house thing, board up all the windows. Rickman thinks the doctor is just going to leave and threatens Sarah's life again. Rich dude is just taking photos at this point, but it approaches him and maybe murders him. We don't know. 
Doctor is driven to Collins, is ready to do shit with Unit, but they're not going to do anything. The crinoid is going to take over all other plants and kill everyone. And look, all these people are dying within a mile of that plant. Doctor calls the estate, talks to Sarah for a bit before the plants cut the fucking phone line and attack. Rich dude is getting fucked by his plants for a bit, like actually. And then the plant growing into the building is growing as people talk, so they're probably fucked. There's no guards either. Sarah and Alan Rickman run off to help someone who has screamed in the garden, though, and run into super rich dude talking about letting plants take over. Everyone heads back to the building just to find Rich talking to his plants in a weird trance. He thinks he's a plant now. He hates humans. Plants around him then start moving and go to kill people. Kills Alan Rickman. Sad day. The doctor rushes in. Uh, or I think he killed Alan Rickman. Or did he kill? Who did he kill? I think it was Alan Rickman. Uh, not Alan Rickman, the other one. I No, wait. Was it Alan? Oh, God, I've forgotten. As a matter. Again, this is another one where we're recording the commentary and the actual episode a few My days My stomach's apart fucked up. I'm sorry. Anyway. The... His stomach goes bleh. Yeah, it's fun. The doctor rushes in at the last second with some weed killer and saves the day. They take all the plants uh, outside and because the plants apparently have ears and eyes for the crinoid. But then Rich Dude has decided to lock the door and left them outside with the big plant boy. The plant boy is now, like, massive. The big plant boy is coming after him. And then there you go. Big, mean, big, big plant boy. Mm-hmm. Giant plant miniature set. We love miniature sets. Uh, I I mean I love miniature sets. Um, <laughs> Seeds of Doom. Mm-hmm. Okay, we can talk a bit more about where where this comes from and such. Um, so this is this is all kind of new and interesting to me. Um, during the Angolan Civil War, which started in 1974 uh, and lasted for like 28 years, uh, many unemployed British men sought to earn money as gunmen and were apprehended and tried as a result. Uh, most of these mercenaries were psychologically unfit for the British Army, usually due to an unreasoning psychopathic racism, which made them tend to go to South Africa first. Uh, the British government officially condemned the practice, but with the Wilson government's slim majority, couldn't ignore constituency MPs' efforts to free them. Basically, they had such a weak hold over the government that, like, if even one or two M- uh, members of parliament were like, hey, we need to break ranks and just let our constituents go and do what they want, they kind of just had to accept it or they risk losing government. Um... Uh, also, para- it also kind of talked about in the Elvis Costello song Oliver's Army. Um, drama serials found new morally ambiguous action men to explore, uh, kind of taking this idea of men kind of being mercenaries going to other places like this, uh, along with like bent cops and jaded spies. Uh, other episodes in the future definitely explore this sort of thing. Uh, Douglas Camford also had a 
tendency to intervene in scripts, sort of writing things out or putting things in kind of willy-nilly in a, in a sense. Uh, Scorby is kind of the character we're talking about with this. He's very much kind of the morally ambiguous, like, fucking around, just doing this for money, but also at the same time... Yeah, like, Alan Rickman. Not terribly a terrible person. He's more just a mercenary. Um, he doesn't really care. He just wants to get paid, but also at the same time, he is kind of shitty guy. Uh, yeah, Alan Rickman, who Deer has been calling Alan Rickman this whole time. He looks like Alan Rickman! Uh, <laughs> uh, so, it's worth noting that Scorby's breakdown and panic-stricken bid for freedom, uh, except for the bit about him spoilers, being uh, killed by a pond with an attitude problem, <laughs> which is a dumb joke. Uh, a kind of identical to the Brigadier's abject panic in uh, in Crisis Point in an episode, uh, The Web of Fear, which we still haven't watched yet. Uh, we have the Blu-ray to watch it, we just haven't had time yet because we've been needing to catch up on episodes and such. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll record it soon. Um, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that's, that's kind of where this sort of character... It wasn't like the, it, this... The, the Civil War started and uh, British men just left the country to join it just because they wanted to fight something. Like, that's not solely where, like, mercenary characters came from, but it kind of put the put it in the forefront of people's minds and writers' minds when they're thinking of, like, what sort of character to actually write and, and not writing a wholly good guy or a wholly bad guy, but, like, hey, what about someone... In the middle, kind of shitty, but also not, you know, comically evil. Um, but yes, uh, what happens in the next part, dear? Uh, well, at the last second, unit fires a laser gun show at him, and the plant just kind of walks away slowly, and everybody gets inside it through a different door. They need to find Rich Dude soon because he might be infected or possessed, which isn't good. Rich dude is meanwhile walking around, looking at the defoliage spray, gets angry. Sarah and the doctor are running around. Unit has pulled back because the laser didn't fully work. Plants are assaulting the building. Rich dude grabs a big old wrench, tries to murder someone. Alan Rickman is losing his fucking mind because he's like, I'm always survived. This is bullshit. Richman has put a body in the recycler and turned it on. So bye bye, unit red shirt dude. Alan Rickman makes a run for it forever and gets slapped by leaves so hard that he gets killed by some algae. And then the doctor has fixed the music board from earlier that was playing the heavy metal DB, DMB, and they need to find that one wavelength. Sarah has wandered around the area and gone into the basement with Rich Dude, gets her shit punched in, and we see Unit trying to figure out something with the doctor. Now they have 15 minutes, literally, until everything is ready to die because there are fighter planes headed this way with bombs and everyone's fucked. Sarah is in the recycler now. Bustin', the Dr. Bustin' fights off Rich Dude, saves Sarah. Rich Dude turns the machine back on, jumps on the doctor, tries to fight him. He is, of course, instead eaten by the machine and killed. The planes have overshot and swing back around uh, on a sighting run, ready to bomb. Sarah and the doctor try to leave, but seem to be pretty trapped and break a pipe in order to finally exit. They, of course, run into the same leaf problem, but they're at least out of the bomb area. 
and the plant monster is not. So the bombs are dropped on it, plant's set on fire, everybody dies. It's fine. Doctor later goes, hey, uh, we're entirely unsure if it'll show up again. Instead, we're gonna go to a fucking star for a holiday. Bye! And then they land on said star, but actually it's the wrong place. It's Antarctica. Again. But also maybe Maybe. before? Don't worry about it. That's it. Uh, Yeah, really don't worry about it, because uh, technically it makes no sense that the TARDIS goes to Antarctica, because... When, because they're like, yeah. oh, did you, it must still have the coordinates from last time when we came here. It's like, they came there by helicopter, not by the TARDIS. So it's like, yeah. uh, plus, uh, real quick, the reason why they're kind of laughing and joking a lot, like really lighthearted at the end of that is because, uh, the TARDIS prop, like fell apart on the first take when they did that, when they like shut the door, mm. it just like fell apart. Um, and it was the last time that that version of the prop was used because it like just refused to come back together. They had to make a new one, unfortunately. Uh, so from here on out, it'll look slightly different. Uh, So you probably wouldn't have noticed. Nope. Um, but that's the seeds of doom. They're doomy. They're gloomy. They're doomy. Doom. Doom. Hmm. What do you think? Honestly, I'm like at a fucking one. I there's so many parts of this that just either annoy me or like something I don't know. It just ugh, there's so much that bothers me. The only thing that I really got interested in was figuring out who Alan Rickman looked like for a while. And then after that was done, I just I don't know. I I do like that Alan Rickman, like, has his whole thing. Like, he gets scared and becomes, like, kind of real. And, like, that's fine. But it's it's not enough to save it for me. I I don't give a crap about the episode. I mean, it is six parts. And the six parts are, like... It was also not... It it was, like, rushed prop feeling. Like, just shoved together to be a finale. It, it does kind of feel like that a bit. It feels like, even though it's six parts, it's like, the Antarctica bit, like, feels a bit rushed, and it's, so, it, it's like, almost like three different stories mushed into one, in a sense. Mm-hmm. Or just two stories mushed into one. Yeah. Like, it could have had the Antarctic, they could have literally just made the thing, but Doctor Who version, which they mm-hmm. kind of have done, um, a few times. Uh... But they didn't. They kind of just took the idea and melded it into this story. Then it's like, okay, well, then you have the rich asshole who uh, wants to take over the world with plants, essentially. And it's like, well, that's another story. And then you have, like, like the resulting the result of it, like, goes on for so long that it could have been a story unto itself. Of, mm-hmm. like, okay, well, now we have this giant plant and all the plants around London are attacking people. It's like, okay, that's a separate thing as well. It's like... It all kind of melds weirdly. There's too much, and it's you could take any part of the story, and it could just be its own thing. Kind of, yeah. It's it's why I, it, 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 I kind of agree with like the idea of like it's an episode to watch, but like I never jump to rewatch this one, mainly because it's like for for me to rewatch a six plus episode 
the six six plus part episode, it has to be really good. Mm-hmm. And like this one is not good. And even if it was only four parts, I probably wouldn't even rewatch it. Um, but it's not. It's not terrible. It's more just like there's too much going on that doesn't blend together that well. Um. Uh, speaking of blending together that well. Uh huh. Uh, segues and talking while I'm yawning. Yeah. Um. Okay. I you're not gonna guess what the title of this episode is, but I'll give you a chance anyway. Is it, uh... Okay. Well, hold on. Is the next episode we're watching called The Web Planet? No, that was episode 13, and we've already watched that one. No, not The Web Planet. The one that you mentioned earlier. Fucking... I, that we haven't the watched yet. Fear? Yes. Well, technically, that... No, hey. that's not the next one. Because that's six <laughs> parts. It's fine. Plus, also... Someone's listening to this in order of, like, you know, Doctor Who episode, not podcast episode. That's going to sound really fucking weird. It's fine. Um, uh, no, it, uh, The Blank of Mandragora. Of Mandragora? It is a word. <laughs> I like... I... I like that you have to go in and be like, it is a word. Well, I I mean I mean the word that that like you need to guess. Can I have a hint? Um, maybe you can. And I before anyone says, I'm pretty like yes, it can also be pronounced Mandragora or something like that. Um, but I believe in the episode they they say Mandragora, and also in the sequel. Okay, novel. what's my hint? Uh, that's really good. Uh, your hint is it's a sound uh, homophone of the word is a uh, facial accessory. So it's something you wear on your face. Is it homophone that I'm looking for? I always forget the... Well, there's only two things that I can think of. Yeah, same pronunciation, different meanings. That is homophone. Cool, that's what I meant. Glasses or mask? Pick one. Glasses. Oh, it was the other one. It's mask. The mask of Mandragora. <laughs> this episode gets a zero if, if now you, because if you had remembered if you had remembered what I what I had said um when I told you this was the next episode you may have actually gotten it immediately because I said it's it's mm. the one where they they they're like wearing eyes wide shut costumes. Oh. Um uh, but yes, the mask of Mandragora. Uh ooh. Spooky Ooh. Italian <laughs> Italy <Yeah>. Whoa <laughs> uh, anything else you want to add, dear? Uh how about okay, no, I was about to say how about the Italians, much like Chris Pratt, but that's 
way Mama off subject. Mia, I hated the game. Bye. Goodbye. Thank you so much for to playing my heterosexual game. <laughs>